Jesus has promised us that he'll return. And when he does, he'll usher us into our eternal reward. However, the expectation of Jesus' return doesn't mean that we wait around doing nothing. We're to watch for his return with excitement, and we're supposed to work hard in his service. We want to be faithful stewards of the time and opportunities he's given us. Stephen teaches about this today in a lesson called, What to Do While You Wait. In our chronological study through the Gospels, Luke has shown us here in chapter 12 what it looks like to live for ourselves. He described a younger brother who tried to get Jesus to help him acquire his inheritance. Evidently, his older brother was moving too slowly. And Jesus challenged him instead to be aware of greed, covetousness. And with that, the Lord delivered a parable about a man whose barns were full, but he he coveted more. So uh, we have here a greedy young man whining about what he doesn't have, and we got a greedy older man wishing for more of what he already had. Jesus is effectively issuing a warning, by the way, to, to both his hearers then and us today. Don't whine about what you don't have. And don't wish for more of what you already have. In fact, don't worry about what you're going to need to have. Well, then, what do we do? The Lord answers that question by delivering two imperatives, two commands. In fact, you could put an exclamation point in your Bible after each one of these statements. Here in verse 35, stay dressed for action. Exclamation point. Keep your lamps burning. Exclamation point. Now, stay dressed for action literally means to keep your loins girded. In this culture, both men and women wore long tunics, and when a man needed to run or climb, he'd gather the material in the back and pull it forward and up between his legs and tuck it down into his belt. He was then ready for action. The second imperative, uh, to keep your lamps burning, well, the Lord is about to describe two nighttime scenes where, where readiness is portrayed by keeping those oil lamps burning. So with these two exclamation points, we would say something today like, well, keep the porch light on and keep your sleeves rolled up. Well, that's the idea. Now, the immediate context Here is alertness and readiness in light of the Lord's return. So Jesus is saying here we're to live for him, and we're always to anticipate his soon coming. Well, now the Lord gives us two illustrations of readiness. The first one's here in verse 36. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Now, a Jewish wedding feast in these days lasted well into the night. So these faithful servants were determined to stay alert and awake until the master arrived. Now, verse 39 gives us the second illustration of being ready or alert. Jesus says, If the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. Now, with this illustration, the Lord is emphasizing that his arrival will be at an unexpected time, and 
you know, Peter raises his hand in class and asks a question here in verse 41, Lord, are you telling this parable for us, the disciples, or for all, that is the whole crowd? See, he wonders if this is going to be on the final exam. Should he be taking notes? Well, instead of directly answering Peter's question, Jesus describes two kinds of stewards. Those are household managers. And these stewards, by the way, will represent believers and unbelievers. So the Lord is indeed speaking to to everybody here. He says in verse 42, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Now, the Lord is basically asking what kind of stewards we are. Are are we faithful stewards over what he's assigned to us? What is the Lord assigned for you today? Might be a sink full of dirty dishes or a laundry basket that never seems to empty. Might be a Bible study you're, you're, you're working on or, or a children's program you're leading. Might be long hours at a job where you're living out your testimony of, of Christian excellence and integrity. I remember my first secretary at the church, in fact, the first person I ever hired after planting the Shepherd's Church many years ago. Her name was Caroline, and she served in various roles for around 25 years. Well, when her health was failing and she was in the hospital, I went to see her. She was troubled with being bedridden, and she didn't like it at all. Uh, the Lord impressed on my heart to say, now, now listen, Miss Caroline, as long as I've known you, you have faithfully fulfilled all your assignments. And right now, well, this is your assignment from the Lord. I remember she put her head back down on her pillow and said in that room with some determination, okay, yes, this is my assignment from the Lord. Well, she went home to be with the Lord a few days later. Yeah, I don't know what your assignment from the Lord is today, but the question is, will you accept it and fulfill it as you you wait on him and as you wait for him, trusting him today? Well, the Lord's going to go on here to describe three unfaithful stewards in verses 45 through 48. One of the stewards is is violently rebellious against his master. The second steward knows his master's will, but he ignores it. And the third steward acts in a manner that doesn't please his master. See, Jesus' point here is that all three will be punished according to what each one of them knew of their master's will. And I think this parable communicates the truth that there are varying levels of punishment when unbelievers are judged in that final day. The same principle, by the way, applies to believers. There will be different levels of rewards in heaven one day. Some believers are going to receive greater rewards than others. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 spells that out. Now, don't misunderstand. We're all going to be happier than we can imagine. But at the same time, some believers will be given a greater responsibilities in the kingdom than others. And I got to tell you, I personally think we're going to be surprised at how generous the Lord is 
in rewarding us all. Frankly, we don't deserve any of it. That's why the Bible tells us we're going to one day cast our crowns, our rewards, at his feet. We're going to give them back. We tend to think that the Lord rewards all the great things somebody might do, that great person of influence, that great Christian who took great steps of faith. Well, he will. But the devil's happy to make you think that those are the only things that God will reward because it it will discourage us if we don't do some great thing for God. We're going to miss, then, doing some small thing for God. So what Jesus is is describing here is, is being the kind of steward who will be rewarded for faithfully doing small things as well as those great things that he might bring your way as we all wait for the Lord to come for his church. Sam Gordon tells the true story of a tourist who was exploring the beautiful estates in northern Italy. He arrived at one occasion at an old castle, and even though it wasn't open for tourists at the time, he, he pushed on those ornamental front gates, and they opened, and he went inside. He saw beautiful flowers blooming with magnificent color and shrubbery, perfectly manicured. He noticed a gardener on his hands and knees clipping blades of grass near the castle wall. He ventured over and said, I hope you don't mind a visitor having a look around your gardens. And the gardener replied, well, I'm actually glad to have a guest. Well, the visitor walked around the beautifully kept grounds and eventually returned and and asked, well, is the owner uh, here today? Well, I'm afraid not, the gardener replied. He, he, he's been away now for, for many years. The visitor said, you mean he hasn't been back here for several years? The gardener said, well, that's right. Well, well then who tells you what to do? Uh, the gardener explained that the owner had an agent in town nearby who communicated with him and Uh, When asked if he ever saw the owner personally, the gardener, still clipping away at the grass, replied, no, he just sends instructions through his agent. Well, the tourist was amazed. He said, you've kept everything so well kept. It's beautiful here. It it looks like you're expecting him sometime tomorrow. (laughs) The gardener paused and said, oh, no, not tomorrow. I expect him sometime today. You know, it occurs to me, beloved, we ought to think and act the same way. Uh, We're waiting for him. We're watching for him alertly. We're diligently working for him. And and we're keeping in mind, just, just think, he could come for us sometime today. But with that, we're out of time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson called What to Do While You Wait. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen's desire is to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means, and apply it to your life. That's why he's taking you on this wisdom journey through the Bible. As you study through all 66 books of the Bible, you'll gain a comprehensive understanding of the storyline of Scripture. 
God will use His Word to cause you to live wisely in your journey through life. I hope you'll listen every day. Join us next time to continue your wisdom journey.